Matic. Becky, great ball in. Ellen White for Manchester City. Welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma, thanks for listening. So much news to process across the club and the WSL this week, but finally confirmation of the news that Lucy Bronze has returned to Manchester City and also announced this week Alex Greenwood joins the club on a three-year deal. Earlier this week, the PFA Awards took place. Lauren Hemp was awarded the PFA Women's Young Player of the Year Award. Shortlisted alongside her was our Golden Glove winner Ellie Roebuck. Caroline Weir and Chloe Kelly notably also made the PFA WSL Team of the Year. Rose Lavelle is now in Manchester and has joined the squad in training for her preparations against Hope Powell's Brighton and Hove Albion, which will take place at the Academy Stadium on Sunday. Please be reminded that this game will be played behind closed doors. The game will be available to watch live via the FA Player and City Plus where you can watch the pre-match build-up from 1pm on Sunday. On this week's podcast, we're joined by Helen Hardy from the World Soul Show. We had a chat about the news coming out of the club this week and from across the Women's Super League. coming to city thing i'm like obviously delighted obviously there was a little part of me that's like if i was listing the top transfers of this window she doesn't appear that high because i kind of always saw this coming like i always thought she would come home Mm -hmm. and i always thought she would come back to manchester city once she'd achieved what she wanted to achieve at leon so she comes back with the wealth of experience I think will lead Manchester City to winning their first Champions League trophy. And I, I really genuinely believe that. Mm. Um, and I guess that goes for, for Alex Greenwood as well. But I think that she's a brilliant transfer in the sense of what she brings back on top of what she had already when she left. Like the experience that she's garnered playing for Leon. I think that that's what's going to give Manchester City the edge this season. Mm. Um and maybe I'm being a bit biased because you know that I'm a Closet City fan, <laughs> uh, although I still haven't told my dad. Um, but I, I do I do really think that City can edge it this season, even with Heath, even with Press, even with Peniel, um, even with Sam Kerr, I guess, as, as a, a recent signing, um, even with Miedemar. I guess I, I really do think City can do it with the with these two additions. I don't think it's going to be easy though. I think it. I think it is all going to come down like, especially like the first half of the season, like managing the fatigue side of things and and managing the fitness element because I think that's going to play an almost pivotal part. Given that, you know, just based on what I've seen at the weekend, kind of thing, because they looked, they didn't look great. They didn't look sharp. You know, there's a lot of work still to be done. It's like when you watched United and Chelsea, it was almost it was almost as if like United just in that second half just found that extra level and we were just able to take the game to Chelsea. And 
and I think it's like teams like United that you've almost got to be aware of where it used to be like teams like Birmingham and Bristol that used to be able to take points off you you know it's almost it's almost just like changed it's you know with like Everton and United and, and I think a lot of those teams are going to be really pushing to to take points off big teams this season I think I think it will happen as well oh it'll be tight it certainly will but you know, you and I were both there the first day of the season last year because, of course, it was it was at the Etihad yeah. for the one 0 against Manchester United. And Manchester City didn't look particularly sharp in that game. No, it, it's, it's a long story though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, like it's not. It doesn't worry me too much, and I think it, the same applies to like any first day of of a, of a sort of elite level um, football season. Players are still getting back into the swing of things, and they're on, they've got a new mon- manager, obviously at, at Man City, to get used to. But I do think you've got the strength in depth for Manchester City, uh, as well as strengthening strengthening positions that you actually needed to strengthen. Exactly. So like, if for a minute we look at probably your biggest competitor for the title this year, Chelsea, I think that bringing in Peniel turned a lot of heads. I think that the that having Sam Kerr obviously um, halfway through the season turned a lot of heads because it was such a big move, but they're continuing to strengthen the same position in in that squad, and um and for me that the, the area that I think that they should be looking at is wing backs and and the depth in their squad and the maybe central defensive midfield position. I mean you've got Magda Eriksson who's who's amazing, um and and through the middle you've got you've got really decent players, but. That's the area we're looking at. Whereas Manchester City have made two, in the last 48 hours, two top signings that they genuinely needed. And that's with no dis- disrespect to Demi Stokes, who is a, a, a servant to the club. But they really needed depth in that in those positions. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of reminds me of when Pep Guardiola uh, lost the title when he first came into Manchester City. And what was the two positions that he strengthened straight away in the window? He bought a right back and he bought a left back. Yeah, I think crucial positions. I think as well as it, it's good um, to have players that can challenge you to obviously making that cut for the for the starting eleven as well. You know, there's, it's healthy to have that competition to keep you fresh, to keep you fit, to keep you, you know, switched on and and not just you know taking positions for as a given. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of like that. We, I think we've spoke about it before with like the England squad, but if you have like the strength and depth and then you're able to sort of, you know, keep that competition within the squad, it, I think it's, it keeps it fresh and it keeps it good for the season as well. And we've definitely got that now. We definitely needed it and it can only be a good thing, I think. Look at it going up against someone like um, Arsenal, Manchester United, Everton, who are like, I think, destined for fighting it out for the top three as well. And and you're playing. Let's say you're playing against Arsenal. And it's a really tight game. You've got someone like Demi Stokes and Alex Greenwood that you're rotating between the two. That is such a confusing switch for a right winger to deal with because Demi Stokes has such pace on her that I don't think people quite realise the pace that, that Demi Stokes has. She's a lot faster than Alex Greenwood, but Alex Greenwood is really technical, mm-hmm. and they're two very different players. And so being able to rotate those two players on and off is going to be such a nightmare for any opposition. And I think that's where the strength in depth is like almost like exemplified. Similarly, 
I was talking to Hannah about uh, Mewis and Jill Scott as like two alternatives. They're both really tall players, but they offer something completely different to one another. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's really, it's a super exciting in that sense, because I think that Manchester United could play almost two, two teams completely opposing to each other. They have a completely different game plan. You could go in against, I don't know, Everton one week and play one way. And then you could go in against Man United the week after and play a completely different game. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting. And I don't think any other team has that to offer mm-hmm. uh, just yet in this season, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. And it's, I think it's something as well that we needed to add to our game because we almost did become too predictable. We always played the same way. And when we were on the back foot, we couldn't necessarily adapt to that game either. We always tried to say, play the same way and it made it more difficult for us in that respect. I mean, like we've always played the same style and the same way, but sometimes you do need to change it. And that, I think that's what becomes so frustrating for us is that, you know, we see it play, we see us playing the same way all the time and it just doesn't give us that opportunity to, to kind of just adapt yeah that opening fixture against Manchester United actually of last season where he was obviously won one nil that Caroline Weir goal was an absolute worldie but that's that is case in point MN you're completely spot on it was um so predictable and Manchester United are so well organized and so well drilled that like they were still really a championship squad at this point they'd like come up into the WSL and everybody kind of thought it was going to be a bit of a walkover. I don't know about you, but I did. I was like, you're playing like Manchester City, arguably going to win the league this year, blah, 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 blah. But Manchester United quickly, like they were so organised, they quickly worked out your game plan. Whereas some of the passes uh, from, Manche- from Manchester City at the weekend, some of those, those pinpoint passes over the top, from all over the pitch. It was beautiful to see. It was yeah. really, really nice to see. And and you don't, you haven't done that. Um, you didn't do that so much, like in the 2019-20 season. And I think that you're going to start to adapt your game a little bit more in, in, in this season and see midfielders get into the box a bit more. See players like Georgia Stanway getting on the end of things. And I think you're going to see a lot more shots on target and a lot more shots in general, which you, like, not that you didn't last season, you had some cracking games, but... Um, rings a bell the Manchester City Brighton game where you just demolished them but yeah I think I think it's going to be more exciting this season to be a Manchester City women's fan I think the, the, the play is going to be more it's going to evolve quicker and it's going to be really fast-paced and really energetic and exciting you could almost see the changes from like the community shield because like Georgia Stanway was playing so she looked a little bit out of depth to me. She, it didn't really suit her. And I, and I, but on Saturday was much improved with the result against uh, Villa. She looked a little bit more comfortable. And it's almost as if, obviously, that is part of sort of like wanting to try these new things and obviously settling into, you know, what's Gareth Taylor's kind of expecting of her. I'm still a bit on the fence as to whether I was happy with how we set up on Saturday. Um, interested to see kind of how that works out going forward. Um, I imagine it'll probably go for the same sort of thing against Brighton on Sunday and hopefully we'll just see a, a more improved performance. But I think Mew has played really well on Saturday. 
you know, she's shown that she, you know, she's uh, going to have a really good impact on the squad for us this season. And Chloe Kelly was brilliant again, you know. Who do you see playing in the middle of the field now that you've got Rose Lavelle? Um, I don't know. You've got Mewis. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, this is it. Like at the moment, I can't actually see how Rose Lavelle is going to fit in at the moment. Because I'm yeah. quite happy. I was quite happy with, you know, with Caroline. I think Caroline sort of is still not as involved as I sort of expected her to be. You know, I'm not saying that she didn't have a good game, but Kara Walsh, um, Mewis, you know, I think it just needs a little bit more time to gel and almost to, to get the best out of that sort of that midfield free. But I just don't see Jill getting that much game time this season now. I'm not sure she's even that bothered. I mean, that sounds really bad because we all love Jill, but I think that she's quite comfortable sometimes just like going where the game takes her. So if it's not meant to be for her, I think she'll happily sit into in the Manchester City squad and offer that guidance and support. Do you know what I mean? She's she's such an icon she's in that team. In so many other ways, isn't she? Hundred percent. She's like the she she. It's well known fact that like in the Lionesses squad, like Jill Scott lifts everything. She like lifts the mood, lifts the atmosphere. She's got confidence in abundance. She's she's a true she's a leader really, but without being a leader because she's like the class clown, I guess. Everyone kind of looks up to, but they're like, oh, Jill, oh, she's silly. <laughs> and my my biggest concern, like, I don't want to diss Man City on a Man City podcast, but <laughs> my biggest concern for, for your season is Steph Horton. And I hate saying that because I'm the Northeasterner, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a big Steph Horton fan, but I think she's been poor. I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you, what you think, whether you agree or what you reckon yeah. it's all about. I think Steph gets a bit of a hard time, to be honest. And she was doing like quite a few lofted passes and the long passes. And to me, she seemed like <laughs> they were better passes than last season on comparison. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I still see Steph as, you know, a, a massive part of City. You know, she's it's such a, a a big leader on the on and off the pitch, really. And I feel she has got so much more to give. I can understand people maybe um, questioning, you know, her role uh, at the moment and what she's contributing in terms of, you know, the mistakes and and things like that. Because there have been, you know, a few uh, questionable (laughs) decisions from Steph. But, I, you know, I just think, you know, would we be as harsh on on anyone else if they were having a bad game I feel like it's because it's Steph because she's sort of been in the squad for so long then you know she's sort of open to sort of a bit of a hard critique sometimes well I get that but then she also is I mean it's in the same way that like if you if you open yourself up to be the captain of like England and Manchester City in the same way that I think any other male player that wasn't Harry Maguire the captain of Manchester United would not be getting so much press over his you know situation um i think that she's steph horton she's the england captain she's the manchester city captain not that we expect perfection but like it's been it's been lackluster at times and mm. and i think that when you look at the likes of esme morgan who may now lose her spot because of like no, no fault of her own but because of other players coming in you do just look around that that back four and you do just think yeah, Demi Stokes has been a servant. She's a great player. Like, I hope she stays with the club for a long time, but she'll probably lose her spot to Alex Greenwood, you'd think. So Alex Greenwood is, is, um, is top-notch. 
Gemma Bonner has been brilliant um, and is, is a true star. And Esme Morgan, she's not, for me, not put a foot wrong. She's young, she's exciting. It's really thrilling to see that. It'd be a shame to see her sitting on the bench this season. And then he comes to Steph Horton and, you know, an absolute legend. And I don't want to take that away from her, like a legend for England and legend for Manchester City. But there've been errors. There've been, it's been, you know, can I compare her for a second to Millie Bright, who obviously she plays alongside for England. Millie Bright's been excellent for Chelsea. There's like, for me, one of the, the best players that Chelsea's had in this season, in the last 12 months. And that's not just because of her goal like in the Community Shield. She's been excellent. So I'd put the same thing on Millie Bright as a centre-back for the Lionesses as I do on Steph Horton. It's just facts, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I suppose you've got to bring Eva Mannion into it as well, really, because obviously she'll be, coming, you know, she'll be coming back from injury. You know, she was first choice, really, over Bonner. And then, obviously, she cemented herself in the side for last season, you know, given that she was out for so long with the ACL, she's obviously um, back in training. She could be back, you know, in, the, in a matter of weeks. Um, so where does Aoife fit into the side? You know, it's difficult. I'm just looking at your defending list. And I, I think I put a tweet out earlier about it, but I said, is there a better defence in the WSL? But I'd like to actually extend that to, is there a better defence in world football in terms of like a team um, in terms of a, a sort of domestic team. So Aoife Mannion, Demi Stokes, Gemma Bonner, Megan Campbell, Steph Horton, the Lucy Bronze, Esme Morgan, Alex Greenwood. It's like, it's, that's, I do not envy anybody who has to decide the squad for that, for that back four, because it's just yeah. any, any one of them, really. I can only assume that we're going to be looking at having a cup squad and doing it that you know doing it that yeah. way potentially because it seems almost unfair to think that you know we're going to be picking the same starting 11 for every game and that there is going to be so many players that miss out I think it's going to be a huge part of managing fatigue and fitness you know for especially for the next you know few months as well so it'd be interesting to see what happens I mean over the last like two games we've looked like we've not had a bench, <laughs> you know, almost not had a bench at all. So now we've just gone from like one extreme to the other. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I'm glad I'm not Gareth Taylor and <laughs> having to make those decisions because potentially, you know, it's going to be a, a bit of an Emma Hayes situation where, you know, you've got such a big squad and you've, you've almost got to work really hard to try and keep all the players happy. Surely you've just, I'd like... Any, any game in the WSL, any game in the Champions League, the first name on the team sheet has got to be the world's greatest player, Lucy Bronze. Yeah. It's got to be. And, like, I, everybody knows that that I'm, like, her number one fan and kind of always have been. should have introduced you as Lucy Bronze's like, biggest fan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, everybody, everybody obviously knows the famous story of uh, me going on my honeymoon to Ibiza with my wife a few days after the World Cup and then bumping into Lucy Bronze in a nightclub and just not being able to speak because I was just so... <laughs> and this is like somebody I will talk to a player comfortably. I like speak to Georgia Stanway and have a good old laugh with Georgia Stanway. But there was just, for me, she's just the absolute pinnacle of like of women's football. She is the, the best player in the world. I don't think... I don't... I d- cannot see anybody coming close to her right now. Um, certainly... 
Oh God, it's so difficult. But certainly, maybe some other players in her team, Marajan, maybe, um, coming close to her in terms of ability. But she's the the best right back women's football has ever seen. I don't think there is any doubt in my mind about that. Um, I just so glad she's back in Manchester. I'm just so glad that we get to see her play week in week out in um in a city shirt. It's going to be insane. I've got to be honest, after this week, I don't actually know how much more I can take. Like, I'm really looking forward to the transfer window closing tomorrow. I don't know about you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was, I'm not going to lie. So it's, I'm feeling a bit, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm from Newcastle. So I'm a Newcastle United supporter through and through. But when I first got into women's football, I did follow Manchester City just because, they were kind of the most prominent at the time in like 2013, 14, they were starting to really like make waves in women's football. And I massively respected the way that they went about their business and Arsenal to a similar extent. Um, and I really, I'm so challenged by Manchester United, like as a, as a fan of women's football, they just appeared on the scene, got dumped straight into the championship of women's football, like last club in the premier league to introduce a women's team, like, and then now, you know, they're signing to American All-Stars and it just, there's a little part of me that's like, my gut goes a little bit like, oh, really, man? But then... It's been a mad few years, though, for United, really, when you think about it, from from where they've come to, to where they are now, really. Yeah, and do you know what? They've done it the right way. It's just painful that they've done it the right way to get Casey Stoney and to keep Casey Stoney, to build a squad of young players that they've, like... They work through the ranks and they are looking brilliant. Like, who was Katie Zellum two, three years ago? Like, she's an excellent player called up to the England squad. Look at the England squad now, littered with Man United players because they do it right. And, like, there's no denial of that. But it's so painful as a, as a fan of football just to see how easy and comfortable this process has been for them. It's like... Do you know what I mean? When you see like clubs like Leeds United men's team like suffer in the championship for 15 years, spending loads of money, desperately yeah. trying to make it out. Manchester United get Tobin Heath and Kristen Press on a flight over in their second season in the WSL. Mm. Ah! <laughs> that is mad. And Katie Zellum like on a 20 foot building in the Northern Quarter. What's that all about? And did you see it's, t- oh. it's terrible painting? <laughs> Who's done that? seriously they need to up their their um graphic skills but hopefully it's my nephew could have done a better job i tell you <laughs> circle two dots for eyes big yeah, smiley yeah. face that's katie zellen it would have been as close oh, <laughs> it. we've got to talk about lisa bronze so i mean she's coming on a two-year deal was there an element of doubt yeah there for me there was um i was really doubting it when the telegraph dropped the news they were the first to do it, and I think it was a mistake. So I think they pulled the story after after dropping it. Lucy announced she'd be leaving Leon. The Telegraph a few days later said Lucy's joining Manchester City, um, and then I think that that um, article disappeared into the ether. So I'm <laughs> thinking, well, it must be real, but they just haven't decided to drop the news yet. Like it just hasn't come out yet. So. It was like pretty much set then, but then Lucy Bronze did an interview. Do you remember? And she said, everyone thinks I'm going to City. And the way she said it, like laughing like morons. She's like, she's like everyone thinks I'm going to City. And I was like, well, well, well yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And then obviously I think 
now in hindsight, I think she wanted to get the Champions League out of the way, focus on that. She didn't want questions about Manchester City, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but at the time I'm thinking, well, where else is it? And I'm thinking, does she go somewhere which is going to challenge her more, like a Wolfsburg or an Atletico Madrid? Or even, I thought for, for a while, I thought maybe Real Madrid because they're this brand new team that are like, throwing in superstar players um a team i massively respect when you look at their like they've got aslani for god's sake but um their their squad is amazing i thought that would be a real challenge and it's real madrid so it's the the thing of playing for real madrid um and then and then manchester united did come into my mind i did think i've seen a photo of her uh, and, a fa- and a family like when they were younger and I think her brother's wearing a Manchester United shirt and I always thought that's weird because they're born and bred in the northeast of England and then and it kept coming back into my mind this is the paranoia I've gone through yeah I, I know this is what I mean it's, it's been <laughs> and I've asked her a million times in a million different ways who do you support like do you support Newcastle do you support Sunderland because you started there she's never answered the question that outright and I guess people have hinted that she supports Sunderland so when she didn't answer it, then I'm going, maybe it's neither of them. Maybe she's a, like a red devil. Maybe she is like Manchester United, but she doesn't want to say because she played for City, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh God. So the paranoia was unbelievable. So did I doubt it? Hell yes, I doubted it. I, I, until I saw her holding the blue shirt, for me, it was 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> Three-time Champions League winner individual accolades by the shed load (laughs) i mean how fantastic is it to bring a player in like lucy that's gone away achieved what she wanted to do and to come back to city i think what she just brings with her is this wealth of experience and it's brave it's really brave because you well you tell me like i'm i'm somebody who's had a job and then I've like in my real world and then I've left that job and gone somewhere else and then that job said would you like to come back in a different capacity like in a in a more developed capacity or in a higher capacity because you've gained that experience and I went back with my held held head held high but people were going oh it must have been really bad going back there and I was like why like I didn't I didn't get that thing I just was like oh, I feel great about going back because I'm going back like I'm going back as this person that's developed my skills and yeah. harnessed new skills and done all these amazing things in between. Does Lucy think that? Do other people judge her for going back? I don't know, but I think what she brings with her is all of the experience that you've just listed. Champions Leagues, league titles, Coupe de France. Um, you know, she's a leader. She's gone, she's gone away this kind of shy, what, what I saw as being someone that's quite shy, quite, you know, quiet and polite and now I think she comes back this confident woman who's doing like model shoots for like soccer pages on Instagram and she's a bit back chatty now and she's yeah do you know what I've never really thought of it like that because having spoken to her and and not I don't know her you know but you know you know it from obviously what, what you you, you know what you see on the set you know the interviews and and she always has been quite a reserved person but I do really feel like you said the confidence is there. You know, it it has been a good move for her, and she almost sees herself as as wanting to 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 contribute and lead and help. You know, the the city succeed. And 
I feel like she's been almost inspired by uh, being under the leadership of like Wendy Renard, you know, at, at Leon. I think that's, that's made a, a, a massive impact on her. And, you know, I've, I remember once there was um, an England game where she took the captaincy on. Uh, I can't remember what game it was uh, a few years ago. And she <laughs> said she... She was, she didn't really, it didn't suit her. She didn't want to do it. She didn't want the pleasure. She didn't want the players mivering her, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I feel my, it, I feel almost if, if you were asked, going to ask us to do that today, she would probably take it on and do it, you know, and do it, I agree. it as well. I think with, um, with Leon as well, you go somewhere like Leon and people always talk about the pressure of, you know, they have to win every game. It's like they, they've got like a hundred percent record, but Lucy Bronze goes there and then other players take the limelight so she was at Manchester City and she was becoming this superstar and then she went to Lyon and then all of these other players around her she was like admiring them and like they are the superstars like it has like Ada Hegerberg you know you just mentioned Wendy Renard the list goes on like but but it's the, the squad is unbelievable and I think that that would have really suited her like she the the light the limelight wasn't on her anymore. She always wanted to be a right back. Like that's the position she plays. It's hardly the most cent, like center of attention role, is it, on a pitch? She's not like scoring all the goals or getting all the assists, although she does that as well. And so she's come back to Manchester City. But I think you're right. I think now she's come back and she's like, I actually could take the limelight. She doesn't mind having a camera in her face. She gives it as good as she gets it. And that wasn't the Lucy of a year ago. So, and, and I think that that's, that's massively changed her game. But we've got to remember also in 2009, she, at age 18, she left America. You know, she left for America, went over and played for um, the Tar Heels, which are one of the best uh, college clubs. You know, you name a player, they've gone there. Mia Hamm, like Chris and Hamilton, you, they've all been there. Um, and she went to play there. And I think that's a really brave adult thing to do to develop your game. And she, that's the sort of player she is. She will have seen Leon as a project. It will make me better. It will make me stronger. I'll be playing for the best team in the world. I'll gain experience. And you know what else? She's learned how to win, consistently win. And like that's something that Manchester City, when they come into the Champions League later this year and into 2021, that's something they're going to absolutely need. And England. Oh, my God. And England. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's going to have an impact on, on a club level, on an international level. You know, she's, she's, I like Lucy because she's, she's honest, you know, she went away at the beginning, she, what she wanted to do, what she wanted to achieve, she's gone away, she's done that, you know, my dad's asked her, why don't you want to stay, she's like, I've done what I wanted to do, I now just need to bring it home and do it here, that, that's just got to be admired for me. I'm so buzzing for you guys, because I, like, I know this player, as in the way that she plays, and, um, and, I think that she is going to dominate this league. I think that the WSL is does not know what's hit it. This is Lucy Bronze. Like, but, but if you think Lucy Bronze when she was in a Manchester City shirt last time round, this is like Lucy Bronze on acid. Like she's <laughs> like, honestly, this woman is unbelievable. Like, comfortably for me, the best player or one of the best players in the world, but comfortably the best right back in the world. What she's going to produce for Manchester City, it's going to be unbelievable. And, um. Hannah and I have had a big debate about this, but I really do think that this is the recipe for you guys winning the league this year. I, I, I think that, I think you've got to, I think that. We have got to this year. 
it almost feels like if we don't, it will be it will be seen as a, a bit of a failure, really. And it, it almost feels as if we can't do it now, then we just we just can't do it. You know, we've got we've had probably the best transfer window we've ever had in you know the years that we've been active as a club. You can't look back on it than think that it's it's been hugely successful um we've got players in that are going to really bolster the side and I think that's what we really needed as well I mean it was inevitable that City were going to go into the market looking for a right back given us struggles to fill the position you know having lost Esme Morgan on loan to Everton last season Megan Campbell to injury I mean Matilda didn't even fit in did she she didn't seem to be the ideal fit at all we've seen players like Stanway Becky both trying to fill in doing a good job but it was definitely an area that we needed to strengthen like you said and and like I said you really only feel that it can just bolster the side now. She's a tank as well so she's got the minutes and I think like she played one of the I think she played every minute of the Women's World Cup I don't know whether any other player did and she's an absolute tank I don't, like I'm not gonna lie I don't know her injury record in detail but I do know that she, it's better than a lot of players of her age and mm. she's still relatively young so I, I just obviously crossing everything and touching every piece of wood around me I don't I, I think that she'll she's strong enough to get through the season hopefully like a little like unscathed but you know with a week here or there of just recovering from a minor injury and um, my, my biggest area of concern for you guys now is is those forward positions and obviously joking at, at Chelsea that you're not going to get you're not going to get the sort of forward they've got <laughs> but They've got a lot of youth there. And then obviously with Lauren Hemp, who's, who's a bit of a concern. Any news on Lauren? Like, do you know? Um, just hamstring, maybe six to eight weeks, maybe. And so you remove Lauren Hemp from the equation. I think Chloe Kelly's brilliant. But is she going to be able to play on that right or left-hand side and put Ellen White up front? I just don't know. Because I think they trialed, I think Phil Neville trialed that for England. And then on the pitch they ended up switching and when Chloe Kelly went into the middle she believes cup she was unbelievable she was causing all kinds of problems but can she play on that wing just don't know like could Georgia Stanway potentially I just don't know like that's the only area I'm like you need like a Nikita Paris now to come back in just to just to finish it all off but I, I do think you guys have got such a strong strong chance of winning the title this year and and more and the Champions League potentially this squad is unbelievable. I think key for us is hopefully keeping Ellen White fit as well. Um, because if we were to lose her to an injury, I think we will really, really struggle for that firing power up front as well. Yeah, just looking. Yeah, it's um, it's it's tough because I don't think Georgia Stanway has that. Mm. But I think she's wanting to contribute more goals this season. So I don't know if that's something behind Gareth Taylor's sort of game plan and what he sees as a vision for the team for the for the season. Maybe I don't know. I I, I think that uh, bringing in bringing in Muris really say like was a statement of intent for me as a from a formation perspective because I think she'll sit slightly deeper, which means that they can't really have an attacking midfielder as well as three wingers as three sorry forward players. Um, it just wouldn't really work formation-wise. It's kind of like you have a defensive midfield and then two other midfielders, and then you have uh, a forward player and two wingers. That's your that's 
the way that I see him playing this out, which means that that, it, that loses where um, where she was being played in, in previous seasons, Georgia Stanway, where she was playing in that more attacking midfield role, where she was playing as a more midfielder, like playing it through centre forward, I guess. Now she no longer sits behind that that striker. She is the striker. like she Or she's in the midfield, you know, as the forward, most forward player. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm genuinely excited to see the first formation after the window shuts at the weekend because obviously who knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours and then and then the, the game at the weekend I'm excited to see what he does but you'd think that he'd rest do you reckon Lucy Bronze going to be straight into the squad do you reckon Alex Greenwood straight into the squad what, what do you reckon I really don't know <laughs> to be honest I haven't got a clue I would I would like to see Lucy Bronze in there but I'm not, I'm not going to get my hopes up because I don't know preparations are underway now for, for Brighton. It's anyone's guess, isn't it, really? Alice Greenwood comes in. I mean, Alex is coming on a three-year deal. Lucy's coming on a two-year deal. Are you surprised by that? Not really, just with age. And women's football is a different beast, really, when it comes to these deals because it's not a case of Manchester City are going to miss out on... 200 million pounds or something if they um if they cock up on this contract deal and I think that would have been an even thing of Lucy sat down with them them sat down with Lucy and Lucy going I don't want to be tied into something if you know I want to try the NWSL out or if I want to try out Europe or and you know two years right now in women's football is a long time it's a really long time because the game is developing so fast I mean, this entire conversation we've had, Emma, has been about how crazy this window's been. If this is any statement to to the future of the WSL and to other leagues in in the UK, Europe and and beyond, oh my God, I wouldn't want to sign a a three-year contract. So it doesn't concern me. She's, um, it will have been a mutual thing, I imagine. And obviously with the transfer window closing tomorrow, assuming that deals are done and there's no other players coming in, Hopefully we're done because I don't like. Like I said, I don't think I can spend another day of it. Me neither. (laughs) Uh, How? I mean, how happy are you with the additions to the squad? I mean, you can't be anything but pleased with the strength that we brought in. It's it's massive, isn't it? Well, to put it into I guess a version or a metaphor, um, as you know, I collect football shirts. I've got like 150 football shirts. one rule that I have, I'm not allowed to own any Premier League shirts and I am going to get a Manchester City shirt and put bronze on the back. So if that tells you how happy I am. <laughs> um, or away. Um, I'm going to go for the black away jersey because I think it's beautiful and I prefer wearing like dark clothes. So I'm um, a big fan and I'm going to get bronze on the back, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that shows you kind of how happy I am. For me, it's like, it cemented my respect for Manchester City because I think that they've made some amazing signings and I think that it's really exciting. And then they've not just brought signings in for the sake of bringing signings in. They kind of, they bolster the squad in areas that you needed to bolster. And it's, I'm buzzing, 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 buzzing. This league though now, I mean, it's <laughs> with the additions that have come in. I mean, I can't believe the summer that we've had. I mean, and, and not just for City, just looking across the league itself. You know, it seems that all clubs have, have really been able to benefit in, in brilliant ways. It does really make it. I mean, I know we talk about how the, the league goes from strength to strength every year. It becomes more and more competitive. But this year, it really does feel like it's setting up to be something else. 
Well, you and I, I think, have spoken a number of times about WSL table, and there's always been three at a stretch, four teams that we've talked about at the top of the table. And by my last count, talking top four here, like realistically top four, you've got Arsenal, Everton, Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham. And yeah, I know they had a shocker, but Reading, I think what you've got to remember about Reading is they've, they've got an influx of new players that are all way more experienced. And I think that they just need to gel. But that squad, like the likes of like Fishrock, for example, I think that that squad's going to be good. And I don't even know how many teams I just listed there, but I think it was seven or eight. In a team of 12, I cannot tell you categorically the top four in any particular order but I can give you eight teams that I think could be in that top four. Name me another league where you could do that. Like you could no. have the top four. It like, it, it like changes every day, like, because we've obviously spoke a lot about, um, you know, in pre-season and the build-ups to the opening weekend of the league, uh, the various different things. And I feel like I'm, I almost change my mind every day at the moment. Like I'm, yeah. writing, you know, writing things down and people are saying, oh, you know, what do you think about this? And, who do you predict is going to finish top four? Who do you think is going to finish top of the league? And who's going to be the standout player? And who's going to be the one to watch? And it's almost changing every day. Yeah. We've given airtime to Chelsea, Man United, and obviously Manchester City being, being the club we're talking about mainly. But I think we cannot underestimate Arsenal. And I said this before, they obviously like batted Reading at the weekend. And um, Arsenal are already a good team. Like they already had the foundations of a good team. And what they've done is... They've made some really, really top signings, but they're not they're not top signings in the sense that they're somebody with 700,000 followers on Instagram or whatever. They're top signings in the sense they're really core players that will just bolster an already good squad. So, like, you've got Beth Mead back in, in, in full power now, and she's an unbelievable player. And um, Viv Miedemar is, I think, still, like, one of, if not the best striker in the world. She's... um. She's just puts goals away for fun and she's you can see her competitive edge. She was angry that she didn't get a hat trick at the weekend. That tells you everything. She got two goals and she was pissed off. So let's not doubt Arsenal here. Like those Australian signings are really top, top players, and um Australia are a top, top team. So I think that it I think it could be anybody's for for top four. Um and I wouldn't wanna I wouldn't wanna take a stab at what order it's gonna be in. I really wouldn't. <laughs> And especially like with that third place um, Champions League, you know, spot potentially available now as well. It does sort of add just that little bit more to it as well. It's genuinely, it's like that third space. I wouldn't want to put money on Everton, Man United or Arsenal for that third space. I think realistically right now, as I look at it, maybe, you know, but then you just don't know with this league, things can change. Like, Manchester City can can lose to Birmingham one week. Do you know what I mean? This is this is what the WSL is now. It's a competitive league, so it's just it's just really exciting because I just think that it could go anyway um, for those top three spaces. And the Champions League is going to be epic this season as well. I think we could we could have a WSL winner on our hands. Do you think City have got it in them now to go all the way to the final? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they've got two players that won it about two weeks ago. So um, I think, <laughs> I think that he definitely wants to get it, get a fourth on the roll. <laughs> you said it in a interview the other day. 
and 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 also i was thinking about this the other day if you're lucy bronze you've won it three times in a row how good would it feel to be the only player to have won it like 17 18 19 20 21 you know what i mean um 17 18 18 19 19 20 20 21 she'd be the only player her and alex to have done that because um every other player's like either remained at Lyon or gone elsewhere. If if Manchester City were to take it this season, then Lucy would be like, yeah, that kind of just cements me as being like, I'm the person that's made the difference here. Like I'm the person that's bolstered this squad to, to, to make them who they are. And she's experienced winning it. I think she'd go into a final now, like been there, done that, got three t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it massively feels like, you know, she said that she, she really wants to push on uh, for City to give them that little bit more. And you really get the feeling now that it's, we're, we're striving for success, but it's a feeling that transcends not just through the club, but it's really starting to come through the players as well. Yeah. I think that uh, if, you're, if you're those players, you're looking around you and you've got World Cup winners, Champions League winners all around you. I think that instantly bolsters you and you were already, you know, arguably the best team last season, but it's really difficult with the way that the season ended. Um, yeah, it's going to bolster you. It's going to make you feel amazing about it. Can I also add to the Lucy Bronze thing? I think Lucy Bronze would, it would, I think if she won this Champions League 2020-21, I think it would be the best Champions League she's ever won. Wearing it, wearing a City shirt, doing it, doing it with her partner, doing it with her, like the, her mates, doing it with the Lionesses, players like I think that it would be she'll say it if they win it I okay I'm quoting you now it's 9th of September 2020 <laughs> when when they win the Champions League Lucy will say this is the best one I've ever won yeah they yeah. go quote here right now and she will it will be it will be because it means so much more when you're not doing it with this elite squad who beat everybody you're doing it with like I guess in a way the underdogs mm. bigger bigger challenge Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, she's that Leon are beating team 16 nil week in, week out. There is no team that Manchester City will beat this season 16 nil in the in the WSL. Do you do you actually believe now though that Leon's time as one of the, the best squads in the world is potentially with the way that you know potential clubs are strengthened? could be coming to a bit of a, a bit of an end? I don't think an end. I think that this hiatus, maybe, I think that we're just adding, you know, extra players to the game. I think that Leon have been a front runner and everybody's been chasing after them and mm-hmm. um, to sort of gain some ground on them. And, and this transfer window, a number of teams have gained that ground. And um, can, can we just also do a shout out to the NWSL because the, the team, these players were spread across so many leagues, but so many of them have come from the NWSL. And that is a fantastic league, emphasised by the fact that we're all buzzing to have NWSL players in our league. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic league that, that and this is our one opportunity because of COVID to, to get these players. So I think that this one season, yeah, we're going to see a rise in, in teams like Chelsea and Manchester City and Manchester United because of the introduction of these players um, that have come from abroad. And yeah, this is the one season we're going to threaten Leon. But then remember, half of these players are loan deals. So after this one season where we're all battering down the door at Leon, these players will go back to America and will go again playing in that fantastic NWSL league. So 
Leon aren't gone forever. I think no. Noise I mean, no, and there's there's no way that that's ever going to happen. But it certainly makes things a little bit more interesting and shake it up a bit. Oh, it was getting a bit boring, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and with with regards to the NWSL, obviously their season, they're having an awesome sort of season, aren't they, with uh, some friendlies? Yeah, they're doing like a fall series. It's kind of, if I'm being totally honest, hand on heart, it's been a bit of a flop um, because what creates, I think, okay, if I'm comparing it to the WSL, it would be the equivalent of Lucy Bronze, Steph Horton, Jill Scott, Viv Miedemar all going abroad, like just before the league starts at like this friendly league. We'd all be like, oh, it's great, but it's an opportunity for the younger players, for the Lauren Hemps and, um, and for the like to, to get a good, you know, opportunity to, to play first team football. But teams like Orlando Pride have, have signed seven players in the last 24 hours because they needed a squad. Like that's the level that we're at right now because we've lost so many players to send players to Spurs, of course. Spurs have signed a couple of Orlando players. So um, yeah, they're doing a full series. Yeah, it's kind of like a friendly format. All games are being played on Twitch, which is an app you can get on your mobile device or tablet or on your Xbox or PlayStation. And, um, and it's still going to be quality, but it's nowhere near the same as the previous tournament like that was played back in July because it's it's missing quite a lot of famous faces because oh, they're all in Manchester now. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, but I mean, you know, we enjoyed the Challenge Cup. I mean, it was obviously great to have that back. It was one of the the first um, sports in America that returned. Uh, the back. first. The first. The first sport to return back uh, following COVID uh, and the pandemic. Uh, which was enjoyed by a lot of people um, and, and especially us here in, in the UK because we didn't have women's football to enjoy. So it was great to have that. But equally, it seems as though a lot of the American fans are now sort of getting involved in, in, in jumping on the WSL bandwagon, which is also great to see because a lot of fans now have obviously found that, you know, they can enjoy the football through the, the FA player. And they seem to have some really good coverage uh, globally now as well, uh, with some new broadcast deals as well around the country, well around yeah, the world. Yeah, it's um, the the one thing I will say about like my experience over the last year, kind of someone representing all football, I guess in a way. But now our new show um, is is all of the leagues. We don't just do WSL. We do NWSL, Mexican football, Brazilian football, you name it. Um, is that the American fans weren't that keen on us getting involved in their league. Like, I, I, without doing too much blasphemy on here, I, I remember when we first said we were going to cover the NWSL and it's two British girls covering it with a load of American reporters and stuff. Um, and we were going to do the Challenge Cup. And um, people were like, fuck off, stick to your own sport. And were tweeting us like abuse American fans. They were like, um, we don't want English fans. And I think... Like, that was genuinely the response. I'm not saying from everyone, from a really small proportion of fans. But I think and I hope that the realisation has hit that in order to grow the women's game, in order to de develop the women's game, we all need to be fans of each other. We all need to bolster each other. We all need to support each other. So after we did our coverage of the NWSL Challenge Cup and involved a load of American voices and players and things like that, I think that people kind of, maybe a little bit you turned on their decision and were a bit like, oh, thank you so much for bringing, shedding a light on this and bringing this to a UK audience. 
And not that I'm, by the way, saying that we brought the American fans over here, but I think over the last six to eight months has been more of an acceptance of us kind of all working together to support each other's leagues. Yeah. Um, and with that, we need to collaborate better on getting access to NWSL memorabilia and we need to do better at sort of combine, bringing the league to England in, in a load of different ways. You know, it, it, like we can now watch it for free. You know, we can follow the social media, but, you know, I've just, my Portland Thorns jersey's actually just arrived in the UK, but, um, <laughs> but you know, we can start to become more fans of the game from yeah. a distance, you know? What are you, what are you looking forward to now in terms of like the weekend? I mean, what are you hoping to see from City um, against Brighton uh, on Sunday? I mean, do you, do you think it's going to be uh, an opportunity to see, uh, like you said, the likes of, Greenwood and, and Bronze Feature, or do you think we're going to see pretty much of the the same sort of lineup that we saw against Villa on Saturday in the opening weekend fixtures? I'd love to see Lucy Bronze start and Alex Greenwood um, just to shake things up a little bit, and I don't see why they can't because the Champions League means that Lucy's been in training, and I know that they were away um, in the Leon camp and they went up into the mountains and all sorts, so she'll be like almost at peak right now, like peak performance and like knowing what she's like, she'll have trained behind closed doors and she'll be full fitness, which would be my only dispute for not playing her. Um, if I'm honest, cause I just think she'll slot straight back in quite comfortably. Um, I'd love to see them shake up the back four and, and, and that'd be really exciting. Brighton are not a pushover. They've proved that already this season. Hope Powell is one of the most organized clinical managers in women's football ever she is like an icon and I don't think that you can ever say that that's going to be an easy fixture but also Brighton have had a really good transfer window and they've really strengthened their squad and I don't think that they're going to be an easy team to beat so uh what hope is more Chelsea Chelsea I hope to see City creating more opportunities um that some of their passing was magnificent at the weekend. So seeing some more of those passes in over the top and creating, being more unique in the way that they're playing, like passing it through the middle, but also letting Sam Mewis get on the end of it. Sam Mewis sitting on the edge of the penalty area and having a few shots from distance would be really nice. And mm-hmm. um, I think they should obviously win it, like no doubt they should win it. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to see. It'd be good to see them comfortably win it just to, to, to bring our confidence up and hell yeah, put start Lucy Start, Lucy, start. Brilliant. Well, it's always great to chat to you, Helen. Thank you um, for joining me on this week's podcast. Um, do you want to just give a shout out to the World Soul Show? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, Hannah and I do a weekly podcast about world women's football called The World Soul Show. That's W-O-S-O show. Um, the Women's Soccer Show, and that's on socials get wherever you get your podcast listen straight after this episode yeah Enjoy. do it <laughs> all right Helen always great to chat um and I'll hopefully see you soon thank you so much mate cheers and that's it for this week's episode hope you've enjoyed it thanks to Helen for joining me on this week's show make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram you can find us at MCW Fancast and we'll be back next Friday stay safe everyone have a great week